Welcome to the Lady Beta Podcast. We're going to be talking about all things business growth, brain rewiring, and climbing from a holistic point of view. You can learn more about me and follow me over on Instagram at ladybeta.coaching and on my website, ladybetacoaching.com. You'll also find freebies for building your business, brain rewiring, and training for climbing. I am so excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the podcast. I hope you are having an amazing day so far. I am currently here recording in my home office, also known as my closet, as it is the best sound in here, and there's a lot of construction going around outside, so this is definitely just the quietest place. Really excited for you guys to hear this interview today with Meredith. It was seriously, for me, so eye-opening and so refreshing to hear her be so vulnerable, to share everything that's been going on in her life since she started Synergy, and then after that as well, I think you are really going to resonate and connect with what she is saying. For me, it really just helped me feel like I am not alone in what I struggle with. I know that you're going to kind of feel the same way as well. Like when we're struggling with things, I think it's so easy just to be like, oh my God, just to isolate and think that nobody else could possibly like know or understand. We don't want to burden other people with what we're dealing with. But actually having the courage to speak to people and to really be able to say like, hey, this is me. These are the things that I'm struggling with. Like, do you have, can you listen to me? Can you offer some support and if you want it some guidance you know not not all the time we're looking for guidance or for advice you know making sure that you're like definitely stating that if you are looking for it but oftentimes we just need people to listen to us so I was really really excited to have Meredith on the show I know you're going to love this interview let's go into some updates first though so if you've been listening to the show for the last couple of weeks you absolutely know that Synergy is open for enrollment right now this is my 12-week brain rewiring program to to help you rewire and reprogram your neural pathways. This is super exciting. Like this, this is the shit that I love. I am so fucking pumped to be running this program again. Like I cannot wait to get started. We get started on September 13th and enrollment is closing in less than two weeks. So if you're listening to this on the day that it comes out, August 24th, that's a Tuesday, 2021, you don't have very much time left yet to apply. So if you've been on the fence, if you've been waiting, if you have any questions, never hesitate to reach out to me. You can either reach out to me on Instagram. I'm at ladybeta.com. Coaching or via email chelsea at ladybetacoaching.com. I have very, very, very flexible payment plans for me. I never, ever would have gotten my start in business, like at all, if my coach wouldn't have given me extended payment plans. So very thankful for that. I always have that as an option. Basically, what I like to say is if you're interested in brain rewiring, I want to figure out a way to make it work for you, a way that doesn't feel stressful and that you can really just focus on the course and the material and get the most effects out of it that you can. So not only can brain rewiring help you with your self-confidence, your self-worth, it's also going to help you bring in more abundance, whether that's relationships, money, more strength, Anything that you can think of, you can reprogram. You can rewire those neural pathways that are keeping you stuck. I actually put out a quiz to see if brain rewiring is right for you, and it's been seriously so enlightening for me to go through these responses. I will link the quiz in the show notes. It just takes a couple of minutes. It's about 16 questions long, and the responses that I've been getting, like, people are not happy with where they're at. People are not happy with where they're at, and they don't know how to change it. 
literally brain rewiring. This is how to change it. If you're not happy with where you're at in your relationships, your work life, your life purpose, if you're really reactive to things in your life instead of responsive, if you fall back into old habits, old patterns when you get triggered, brain rewiring. That's like, the, I cannot explain to you how life-changing this program is. We have everything from meditations in this program to shadow work, trauma healing, inner child healing. We go over how to set boundaries. This is a huge one, especially for women. We've been pretty conditioned to be people pleasers most of our lives. A lot of the times this is actually a trauma response. So really being able to rewrite that for ourselves and be able to move about the world differently and be very protective of our energy, be very selective of who gets access to our energy. That's a really important one. We're going to be going over masculine versus feminine energy for a lot of women. Stepping more into their feminine energy is like the game changer they never knew they needed. Stepping more into rest, creativity, receiving mode. Like we have grown up in this masculine go, 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 achieve, do, check off the list type of energy. And that just doesn't work. If you are a feminine person at your core, it's not going to feel good for you to do that all the time. You're going to feel like a, a fuck up. You're going to feel like a failure. You're going to feel like, oh my God, like why, like why can't I operate that way? Why can't I fit in that box? And that's because that box wasn't meant for you. So when you actually step more into your feminine energy and you allow yourself to rest, to receive, to be like essentially the radiant like goddess that you are, your life is going to look completely differently. When you actually step into alignment with how you were meant to be in the world, things will start to flow to you. It's nuts. Like, it's changed my entire life. It's changed how I run my business. It's changed how I do everything, stepping into feminine energy. I am so passionate about this. We also talk about intuition. I have a ton of guest trainings, guest experts in this program as well. And we're going to be doing breath work from the incredible Lisa Diaria, who I had on the podcast just a couple of episodes back. You can listen to her interview the power of breathwork. She is an amazing, amazing breathwork facilitator. I'm so honored to have her join us. We're going to be doing breathwork once a month. So every single month during the program, we're going to have breathwork to release trapped emotions and to integrate what we've been learning. It's insanely powerful. For me, it was really the piece that tied everything together. I absolutely love listening to Lisa. She's so empowering. I always leave feeling so much better than when I came in and I'm able to just release and shed and get rid of those things that aren't serving me and welcome in the things that are. So if you've been curious about brain rewiring, I will leave the link to the application in the show notes. Again, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I cannot promise that I will be running this program again. I lead a very intuitively led business. So for me, it's kind of like if the timing's right, if everything kind of like falls into place. So I'm not sure if I'll be running this program again. I know for this round, it's insanely high touch. It's very intimate. I'm keeping the group size very small so that everybody gets a chance to speak, to share, to be seen, to be heard, and to be loved. For me, this is a very safe space. It is a very supportive container, and I cannot wait to help these women facilitate their growth and really start the healing process. That is kind of like step number one in the rewiring process is you cannot heal in the environment that got you to where you're at right now. So how do we set boundaries to protect ourselves, to really like take notice of 
what we are surrounding ourselves with, you know, what's coming in via content, what's coming in via like the TV, Netflix, podcasts, what are we listening to, what are we watching, what's in our environment right now. That can be people, it can be your actual environment itself. Do you need some more plants? Well, probably. The answer to that one's probably yes, but can we do something to raise our energy, raise our vibration to actually feel better and from there we can start to heal and start to actually live in alignment so that we don't feel like we're just struggling through life. For me, I was definitely one of those people like I legitimately thought I was never going to be a happy person. I kind of just resigned to the fact that I was like, "All right, well, I'm probably just going to be kind of unhappy with my life." Uh, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I was like, well, it's kind of give and take. Like, you know, maybe I'll be happy in this one area and aspect of life, but I'm still always going to like hate my job. I'm still always going to be, you know, unfulfilled in my relationships, whatever it was. And now I realize that was such scarcity mindset that I had. And what I've realized now is brain rewiring for me, it was really like the addition of and in those sentences. Like, actually, I can have a kick-ass job that I love and awesome relationships and a really good sense of self-confidence and I get to, you know, have all the abundance. I get to make all the money that I want. Like, it's all of those things. Like, all this conditioning that we've had to tell us, like, you can't have it all, that's bullshit. You can totally have it all. Like, that is keeping us small. It's keeping us stuck. It's keeping us in a fear state. It's total scarcity and lack mindset. And it's not true. It's not true. So, for me, brain rewiring was the and. You can do all of these things. You can have it all and you deserve to. So I'll leave the link for the Synergy application in the show notes. I hope you really love this interview with Meredith. Let's dive in. Throughout the program, that really shifted for you was kind of your mindset during hard or difficult activities. I know skiing was a really big one as well. Yes. And being able to tell me a little bit more about that. So kind of how things changed for you, your mindset before, during, after, and kind of like you're able to enjoy things a lot more now, I feel like. Yes, I am. I think I'm able to. Um, I think the thing that changed the most for me was just being more self-aware and understanding that it will pass. It'll be okay. And I think that, um, I think especially what helped with synergy is just hearing other, I mean, just hearing other people's experiences of doing hard things and getting through them because so much of these thoughts are, they're obviously in your head and you're just like, I am alone on an Island and I'm the only one feeling this. But then when you understand that other people are also feeling this, um, then it makes you feel more normal, I guess. Um, also, as opposed to like the person who I spend most of the time outdoors with is my husband. And he is very much a 100% go-getter. Like his favorite thing about mountain biking obviously is going down, but he loves the climb. He loves, he loves the hard part. And I'm just like, why do you like this part? This is stupid. Like This doesn't make any sense. It sucks. <laughs> But you have to do it in order to get to the fun part. So I think that it, it's definitely a struggle. And I was definitely biting my tongue a lot. I was also being like, it's his birthday today. Just be quiet. <laughs> just, <laughs> just do the thing. To, just yeah, do the thing. Time. Yeah. And I think also um, 
a lot of it has just been us. And we kind of um, talked about it after, after our bike ride on Saturday. Um, you know, he, we both have our own um, story of how the other person is feeling, you know, since 2007. So we've been together a long time. So we are very comfortable um, fighting with each other and just like saying mean things to each other and knowing that the other person isn't going to like go away. But we've been really working on um, just understanding that like he, for him, he thought as I was pedaling up this, you know, it was like 4,000 feet again in like six miles. It was like, it was pretty steep for a bike for just like being on a mountain bike, you know, to him, he's like, oh, she's really mad at me for wanting to do this. Like she's really, it's, it, you know, we use each other in the past as punching bags so much that we're still trying to get over the fact that like, um, you know, I chose to do this. Like it wasn't, I gave him the option. It's your birthday. Let's do whatever you want to do. Um, and just understanding that it isn't all about, um, you know, us it's, you know, helping each other out in that way. Does that make sense? I don't know. We're still kind of, I'm still kind of comprehending it, but and still kind of understanding what all of our feelings are and how we get over these, um, these truths and beliefs that we have about each other. Yes. Those narratives. I mean, honestly, I, I think so many issues, we create issues in our minds when we try to guess what other people are thinking and feeling. And then it's almost like we, we never talk about it and we just go with yeah. like That's how they must be doing. And then we operate and we make decisions and we act based on yes. that. And you yeah. guys have actually found a way to be able to talk about it, which I think is great. And you mentioned another thing too, which is personal responsibility. Like, yes, you gave him the option to do what he wanted on his birthday, but you right. said no. Like, if yeah. it came down to it and you're like, absolutely not, I don't want to. But then reminding yourself of that on that ride, I think that's Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that even, you know, again, he was having this narrative in his mind that I was pissed and I was mad and I was pissed and mad, but I wasn't pissed and mad about him. I was just pissed and mad that it was hard. <laughs> like I was just like, Oh, this sucks. Um, but it got to the point where he was just like, you know what, let's just turn around. Let's just turn around. We don't have to do this. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, and that was making me mad. I was just like, no, I'm here. We're doing this. So, um, but eventually it was, it was good. We made it to the top. Um, and then when we thought we were going to go down, there was more up <laughs> on the trail. <laughs> so it was a lot of hike, hike a bike for me. And then, um, just, and we also have a good thing. We have radios mm -hmm. that we use for backcountry skiing. So I let him kind of go out ahead and he was like ahead of me, like it wasn't, it was a long descent. Like I said, it was about eight miles. So he got out ahead by like an hour. So he was like waiting for me for an hour at the bottom, but I was just kind of like going through it. And there are times where I had definitely had to hike a bike. And I mean, this was, I mean, maybe my sixth or seventh time ever on a mountain bike. So I was definitely, um, I told myself, you know what, it's okay. You can get off if you need to, um, which is so different than being on skis or even just like committing to a climb. You can't just always just get out, get out of your harness or take off your skis and just walk sometimes. Just press pause. Yeah. 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 So I was able to kind of do that and work through it. And, um, another thing about mountain biking that I really love is, um, a lot of, you'll run into a lot of like large group of people doing mm -hmm. it. So we ran into this big group of people. There were like six or eight people doing it. 
And it was really fun just to kind of decompress and talk with them um, and just hear them talk about how horrible it was also. Again, it just really helps to hear other people also suffering to know that you're not the only one. Right. And then it almost makes it way better too. You're like, oh, it does. okay. Well, then I can, you know, for me, whenever I hear somebody complain about things that I'm also struggling with, then my immediate response is to be like, well, at least it's not this or that, or it could have been right or something, but it does take like that dialogue with someone else to kind of put it into perspective. And I know for you, one of the things that you went into synergy with was like wanting to have more confidence in your skills and in your skill set and, you know, picking up mountain biking, I think has been really huge for you in order to start trusting that like you can do hard shit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also it's just so fucking fun. Like to me, like skiing and mountain biking. Um, and I know that I went to synergy to talk about climbing, but at this point I'm like, not even thinking about climbing. I'm just thinking about skiing and mountain biking. And I find those two activities to be way more fun, which is so funny because I talked to um, some of my climber friends and they're like, mountain biking to me seems like the scariest thing ever. And I'm like, well, climbing to me is like the most terrifying thing. (laughs) So it's like, it's just this weird, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Um, I think with climbing, it's like so slow. You have to really be intentional with all your movements. Still working on my mental Um, when it comes to that. And then with skiing or mountain biking, like things are going by so fast that you don't really have time to think you're just going, 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 and you're just getting over all these obstacles as quickly as possible, which is kind of lines up with my personality a little bit. I, I don't like to, um, mull over things too much. I kind of just want to get over it and just like get past it. Mm -hmm. But I think that, um, I'll probably go back to climbing at some point, but at this Right now, I'm kind of enjoying where I am. (laughs) I love it. I think you're giving a lot of people permission to explore something different, too, because with climbing, sometimes it can feel like an obligation. I know I went the last couple of weeks where I like went on this trip to 10 sleep. I did some things and I sent like my summer project. And now I'm like, now what? Like, I don't don't know. I don't like (laughs) really like want to rock climb right now, but I kind of feel like I quote should. And it's like, but I don't want to right now. So I'm just not going to. And for you to like give yourself that permission of like, yeah, climbing will be there, but like, it's going to be actually more beneficial for me to explore this other thing right now. That's really cool. Yeah. And I'm really liking that. And also, um, and we can kind of get into this too with I've I've recently signed up for uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, which I believe I mentioned in our in the notes when I um, signed up for this interview. Um, Synergy really helped set me up to be successful in CBT therapy. I was on a wait list for six months, and it was right about that time I was put on the wait list when I heard your interview on the Normal Cast. I believe it was. And that's when I was like, oh my gosh, I need, cause I needed something. I was like, right. I need something. Um, getting into therapy after 2020 is <laughs> impossible. Right. Um, I was like, and this is like, so what I need at this moment. Um, and I don't know where I was going with this point to be totally honest. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad you got in though off the wait list. Um, and that synergy was able to help you. Yes. In what ways do you feel like it helped set you up for CBT? Well, with CBT itself, they don't focus on, I mean, they, on like the first initial, um, therapy session, it was like two hours. And now I do an hourly, 
but the first initial session was two hours and they do kind of dive in a little bit in your past and all the things that you want to talk about. But cognitive behavioral therapy isn't about, it's not talk therapy. It's not talking about um, the why do you do things. It's literally just focusing on cognitive, on your thoughts and on your behaviors and how they, um, and how they cause this spiral effect, which is something that I I've noticed that I do tend to like get caught in this, um, into the spiral effect where I guess kind of spiral out of control. And I actually, I wrote down this little, um, it's like she wrote, it's, it's like a triangle. It's like cognition is at the top behaviors or actions are at the bottom and then emotions or like the physical sensations are also at the bottom. So it creates this triangle and that's what they feed into each other. And that's what causes your spiral. So in order to stop whatever spiral you're going into, you need to think about your thoughts or like stop your behaviors or actions in some sort of way. Um, And so I've been officially diagnosed with OCD, which was something completely surprising to me because I am not a... (laughs) I am, a, I'm not a clean person. <laughs> and you always think about OCD as like the cleaning disease or whatever. Um, but she kind of helped me understand that it's more about, it's more, it's the disease of needing to know for sure that things are going to be okay in a world and in a life where you can't know for sure anything. Um, so you get caught into these like checking behaviors because you need to know for sure. And I've noticed some things like um, when it comes to like my dog, she has um, a neurological disorder called cerebellar hypoplasia, which affects her motor skills. So I'm a little bit more of like um, a helicopter dog mom when it comes to her because she's gotten to the point where like she'll get the zoomies at a dog park and like knock her front tooth out. Like those are like the types of things that I have to deal with with her. So I get really um, kind of obsessive over her and I do ever since I started the CBT therapy, I've noticed, um, my checking behaviors with my dog, even for instance, like I'll put her on our rooftop with a bone and in my, in my thoughts, I'll catch myself thinking about she's up there choking. Like I have to go upstairs and check on her. So I'll get into like these weird checking behaviors that I never noticed I was doing before where I was like literally walking up and down the stairs, constantly checking on her to make sure she's okay, because I needed to know for sure that she was still alive. Um, So that's kind of like the traps that I've been um, finding myself in and even in climbing. And that's kind of another reason why I haven't been climbing is because um, I need to kind of, I feel like I need to start from the bottom again. So whether it's exposure therapy or something like that, but like, for instance, at the climbing gym, I'll be in the middle of a climb and I'll check my knots. And then I won't be able to make my next move because I keep checking my knot to make sure that I'm tied in or like I'm on the auto belay and I'm constantly checking to make sure that I'm, you know, anchored into the auto belay to the point where it causes a lot of fatigue and this spiral effect of my thoughts, you know, um, imagining myself falling to the ground without being tied in and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that has actually been really eye-opening to understand like, oh, okay. Like I, this is my OCD brain. This is not like me as a person and this is, and what this is happening. 
Exactly. And I want to say thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I think, yeah, opening up more discussions about this. And like you said, like most people think of OCD as like the clean disease. And it's like, actually, yeah. like there's so many other facets to it that like, that's probably why you were kind of surprised when you got that diagnosis is because you're like, but wait, I, you know, this preconceived right. thought that I had, like, that's not me, you know, when in reality, right. it's those checking behaviors. And I think a lot of people listening to this might hear that and then start to get a little bit curious. And, you know, maybe it'll be an answer for some people and maybe it won't be, but I think opening up the discussion is, and actually seeing what it's really like can be really helpful for people. Yeah. I, and yeah, exactly. Like that's all I, I try to tell anyone that I, I meet, um, and talk to about these things, although I'm not meeting a lot of people right now, (laughs) you know, we're in a pandemic or whatever, but yeah, I want to be really open about it. And especially because like, to me, the more I talk about it, the more it feels real, Um, And the more it becomes real because it has not been, not that OCD is like a part of my identity now, but is definitely, it helps to, three years ago, I was just put on antidepressant meds from my psychiatrist and was just given the, which was exactly what I needed at that time. I needed medication. I couldn't find a therapist. I was just like, I just need the bandaid of Zoloft so I can just get that serotonin, um, you know, flowing. Um, I don't know where I was going with this. I forgot. <laughs> got to, uh, yeah, you got the antidepressants and about three years ago. Yeah. About three years ago. Um, oh, I was just given like a general anxiety disorder, which is like, oh, sweet. Thank <laughs> what you. Do I, yeah. I don't, I don't have, I don't have the tools or I don't know what to do with this. Um, and now that I have some sort of quote unquote diagnosis. And she, my therapist even told me, she's like, you're, she's like, you're not, she, she's like, you're not like fully like OCD and depth sort of field, but it's definitely like a more of a borderline thing. And it's very situational. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I'm just starting to notice the situations that basically trigger my triggers, my OCD. So whether it's my pets, um, like, uh, my dog, or even like, my cat was recently diagnosed with herpes, which I didn't even know cats could get, which I guess is a very common thing for cats to have. And he was not doing very well. So that kind of triggered me in a way where uh, the checking behavior there was constantly looking online and rereading the same article to kind of reassure me Mm -hmm. um, that he was going to be okay or to reassure me that, you know, this is, uh, it was now a lifelong disease, uh, that he he'll be totally fine. But I think that's the other thing that I've learned is that, um, especially in the outdoors and going back to my relationship with my husband, um, reassurance checking is also a behavior that people with OCD tend to use. And that's another way to kind of spiral out of control, So like, I'll constantly seek reassurance from my husband to be like, am I doing okay? Are you sure? And then no matter how much reassurance he provides me, I'll always, my OCD brain always comes up with a, but which ultimately, um, makes the thing feel a lot bigger and ultimately, uh, makes my anxiety kind of really spill over instead of him, we were kind of talking about the type of language and how he talks to me. Like, uh, oh, do you think that I did a good job? He refers back to me like, do you think you did a good job? 
So he's asking me to kind of answer that own question instead of me seeking reassurance from him or other people. Right. So that's empowering, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. I think that that's, that's kind of the, the idea, especially you never think about like the language, how people talk to you. And sometimes, you know, it's kind of hard for him to understand that he's like, I, I can't talk to you how I want, how I want to like talk to you. I'm like, well, that's the thing. It kind of feeds into that OCD and it doesn't, it ultimately doesn't help. So it's kind of interesting, even like talking about how language is so important and choosing your words and you know how like you know the sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me and how not true that is right right it matters language matters how you talk to someone especially someone who has openly talked about I have this this I have this um what was it well I don't know what it's not a disease it's not a disability it's a cognitive behavior Um, and this is how you can help me help myself deal with it. Mm -hmm. So just learning a lot of like how to navigate this weird, strange brain of mine that I'm starting to get to know better and better. Yeah. I mean, this is just mirroring a conversation that I had with one of my other clients earlier today, and she's kind of in between. She doesn't know if she has ADHD or anxiety, but for her, it's like once she's like, I don't know either way that it goes, maybe I'll have an answer. Maybe I won't. It doesn't really change the fact that like I'm sitting with my thoughts all day and kind of going back to what you said about, yeah, the sticks and stones may break our bones, but the words will never hurt me. And how untrue that is, especially with our own self-dialogue. Oh, for sure. Yes. Yeah, I I completely agree. So I don't know. That's just something that's kind of been the biggest update since Synergy. Um, But that's an exciting update, I feel like. Um, Yeah, Yeah, it is. If you've been watching my Instagram stories, you've probably seen me talk about Organifi and one of the products that I am the most obsessed with because uh, chocolate. Yep, chocolate is probably one of my favorite things, hands down, besides sweet potatoes. So until they come out with like a sweet potato flavored drink, we're going to be drinking the chocolate one. This product is chocolate gold from Organifi and I have a cup of this every single night. Like it is seriously the perfect nightcap without having any alcohol in it. It is absolutely wonderful. It is very calming. It has magnesium in it. It has reishi mushroom, which is also really great for relaxation. It has turmeric in there. That's where that gold part comes in. This is my all-time favorite beverage. Like seriously, I probably crave this like 99% of the day and I'm just like waiting until night to have it because it does make me a little bit more relaxed in the middle of the day than I want to be. I like to stay pretty high energy. I have a lot of things to record, a lot of clients to talk to, so I definitely wait until the end of the day to have this. So for me, this gold Organifi has been such a game changer because it is part of my routine now. Like it signals to my body that like, hey, it's time to wind down. It's time to relax. I've been having a Harry Potter marathon lately, so this just feels like the ultimate inner child, like tastes like hot chocolate, being able to watch Harry Potter, like it's just been a really fun experience for me. 
The taste of it is like a grown-up's hot chocolate. Like, it's really good. It's very low sugar. There's only one gram per serving. It's sweetened with monk fruit. There's a little bit of coconut sugar in there as well, and it has that deep chocolate taste that I absolutely love. There's a ton of other superfood ingredients in there. I mentioned the mushrooms. There's also turkey tail mushroom, and there is lemon balm and ginger powder in there as well. I absolutely adore it. I know that if you try it, you're going to love it as well. If you want to try out any of Organifi's products, they also have an amazing green juice with tons of green powders in it. They have a red juice that's kind of like a caffeine-free energy boost for midday. They have Harmony, which is my other absolute favorite chocolate product that they have. Harmony is more for balancing your hormones. I switch back and forth between the Chocolate Gold and the Harmony very frequently. I have a subscription to the Chocolate Gold so that I get it just delivered to my doorstep every month. I don't have to worry about running out of it. Um, it's, it's not a good time when I run out. Like, I want to make sure that I always have this on hand and in stock. I love it that much. If you want to try out any of these products, you can use the code LADYBETA at checkout for 15% off, and that's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com, and use the code LADYBETA for 15% off. If you order th anything, be sure to tag me in your Instagram stories. I would absolutely love, love, love to know what you think of these. I was so, so, so excited to be able to be a part of Organifi's affiliate program because I already use and love these products so, so much, and having a discount code, I think for me, just makes it that much easier to want to be able to try these things that I've heard so much about and I was absolutely not disappointed. So can't wait to hear what you think about this if you try it out. You seem like you're, I mean, honestly, throughout the entire program, like you really showed up. You showed up to all of the calls. You were like, you were a great participant in the group. Um, you were super supportive of others as well. And I think, you know, in my mind as the, the service provider, I'm like, yay, this is what I want. Like people are going to get the biggest transformations out of yes. this. And I've always been this big, like, I think therapy and something like brain rewiring can go together perfectly. You yes. know, they're not a replacement for one another. They're completely different things. So being able to use both of those tools and for you, what were some of the biggest takeaways from Synergy? Some of the biggest things that you walked away with? Oh, I think that is just like how, again, it goes back to language and how we talk to ourselves. I think that was the biggest thing I now like. For instance, in my home gym on my mirror, instead of counting reps, I have affirmations um, associated with a number. So I count affirmations instead of oh. instead of like numbers or reps. So like um, just trying to change that narrative that I have about myself, I think has been probably the biggest thing. I think another thing that I really liked about Synergy is that um, you talked about different modalities. So like being introduced to all these different ways that um, could potentially serve you um, and take what you need and leave what you don't, what you don't need. Um, specifically, I loved the human design aspect and kind of that introduction because um, especially as a, as a splenic projector, mm -hmm. now that I know what that is, I don't feel so bad needing to take, because I do, I feel like I need some big rest days and I live with um, I live with a manifester, and he is just on a constant go go go. So again, I think it was also just like 
learning that I don't need to compare. Like, I don't know why it's so weird. I compare myself to my husband a lot. Maybe it's because we've been together since we were basically 19. Um, And I'm just like, oh, I should be more like go, go, go when that does not fulfill me in any way. Like there are moments where I just feel extremely productive um, and I take advantage of those. But then there are also moments where I used to feel really guilty about not being productive. Um, But I think that being introduced to these different ways of seeing life in the world um, really helps me connect to like who I am as a person, whether people believe in, um, or human design isn't a belief. I've told many people that (laughs) I feel like it's not a belief system. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Take it or leave it. Um, but I think that that was really helpful. Just seeing all the different ways that you can kind of, um, see yourself. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I mean, again, it's that permission slip, like society tells us don't rest, you must be productive 24 seven. And actually, as a projector, you step into your power more, the more that you rest, which might be, you know, hard for some people to understand, especially going all the time. I'm, I'm also a projector. So I, I definitely understand the need for rest. And you can kind of feel yourself filling back up so that you can actually like show up fully to something like mountain biking, like work, like your relationship. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that that is something that's really helped um, just change my outlook. And um, I definitely feel happier versus like angry at myself. So a little bit more content, a little bit more settled into my own like body Mm -hmm. sort of feeling. I mean, you, you like almost like blew right past it. I'm like, wait, that's a huge thing right there that you just said, like from, you know, a seemingly small piece from Synergy, you know, I'm not a human design expert. I actually brought in my friend Sandy to talk about human design because that's, that's what she does. She's excellent at it. And then was able to expand on, you know, my knowledge on it, but like to even have like pieces of the puzzle to where you can actually understand yourself more fully. Mm -hmm. And I think it just goes back to like thinking, okay, I'm not broken. Like I don't need to be fixed. Maybe I just operate a lot differently than society wants me to essentially. Yeah. And I think that another thing that um, was kind of, I took away from it is not only, you know, finding out who, what's true for me, but also I felt way more um, selective when I'm hanging out with people Mm -hmm. Like there are definitely people that I was hanging out with before where I was like, well, you know, they're, it's still socializing. It's still friends, but now I'm starting to question, like, is it, I already have a good quality, not a lot of quantity, but I have really good quality types of friends. And now I'm being a little bit more um, careful on who I want into my life because I've noticed some of the people I'm hanging out with, they're very stagnant and they have a lot of judgments on other people and it feels really toxic and they don't they don't seem to want to improve on themselves and everything is they're you know they're like playing the victims in their own lives and it's something that I've already came from and I don't really want to return to that place um and I think that that's been really helpful for me just to kind of uh you know just kind of see who's who do I let into my life? Who's going to actually help me versus I should just be friends with this person because we're all, we're supposed to have lots of friends. 
right obligation again I've been friends with obligation. Person, yeah for 10 years so guess I better just like keep it up and for you because I think a lot of people that might be listening might also struggle with this is like okay they've identified that like maybe this relationship just isn't mutually beneficial it's not good for right. me it's not good for my energy it's not actually benefiting me right. in the way that I want it to was that hard for you to kind of like essentially examine the relationships that you had in your life and potentially decide to move a different direction um, I think it wasn't, um, that's a good question. It wasn't so hard because a lot of the people that I'm like hanging out with don't exactly live nearby. So it's a little bit easier just to kind of let time, you know, take its course and just not engage and not initiate and just kind of see where that goes. Um, so that hasn't been too difficult for, for me at least. Um, but I have yet to need to like, let go of a really close friend. Um, But I think that I've been lucky in my life where I've had friends that have kind of grown with me and have been able to kind of find their own uh, path in their journey and um, continue to be interesting for me and continue to push me and my thoughts and my boundaries. So, um, and that's like, I have a best friend who I met in my freshman year of college Uh, She lives in Iowa and she's with her boyfriend and her dog. And she's like on this totally different path. And she's like the most content, happy person I've ever met. And I've, I've watched her go through her own struggles throughout college. Like we would just like, we would drink so much. Clearly we were drowning in a lot of different sorrows. Her, I mean, her and I, we can't, we kind of um, bonded over the fact that our pat, our our background was not the best and her and I have both um, worked toward building a life that we wish that we would have had growing up. So I think that that's kind of been um, fun to watch. Same thing with my husband. My husband talks about his childhood and how he wanted to, he, he also wanted to do better than what he was given. So I feel like I bond really well. Maybe I feel like I bond really well with people who, who, definitely we're not given everything on a silver, you know, spoon. Right. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like those trauma bonds where you're like, okay, yep. We've experienced some similar things and you yeah. know, like, yeah, other people just maybe wouldn't understand this if I talked to them about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It hasn't been, I guess I also, a lot of this has happened. A synergy happened during a pan, you know, pandemic. So wasn't really hanging out with a lot of people anyway. So I feel like it was a little bit easier to kind of drop people right. to the wayside, but um, could be a different story moving forward at some point. Yep. Yep. It really is. It's about those boundaries and, you know, not everybody deserves access to you at all times. So I think, yeah. you know, for you to just be like, yep, we're just going to let time take its course is absolutely the right choice for you. You know, like not needing yeah. to feel like you need to reach out and initiate, especially as a projector. That's an important piece too. <laughs> yes, like, exactly. Don't initiate. Like it I feels sit so back. weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Come to me if you need me and I'll decide <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that, I think that was another thing too. I was like, oh, cause I've always been the type of person where I felt like, oh, I I have to like, I have to contact this person. I have to put myself out there. I have to like, it was in that caught in itself caused a lot of anxiety because I'm more of an introvert extrovert. I'm not the type of person to just like go out and make like a bunch of friends in general. Mm -hmm. Um, But I am really fun to hang out with um, on a one-on-one basis, small group sort of thing. If it's a larger group, I kind of get lost in the shuffle. 
But um, yeah, just understanding the project. Again, it goes back to like, oh, I'm a projector. Oh, this makes sense. Oh, this aligns with who I think I am. I think this is, yeah, I think it's just like learning those little tidbits and and having those things being introduced to you was really nice. Yep. There's not just like one way of operating. So I yeah. this from everybody because A, I find it really interesting and B, I want people to know how real the brain rewiring process is, but yeah. Is there anything that you particularly struggled with either implementing, starting, um, felt really hesitant to, or you were just like generally like, nope, don't want to do that? Oh, yeah. Let me think. I think the hardest thing for me was just like getting in the groove of doing um, just the brain rewiring rounds and just sitting still and allowing, you know, your and allowing yourself to have those visions. And thinking of it as like this, this is a thing that you, it doesn't feel like you're doing anything, but you actually are. So I think that that's, that was kind of maybe the hardest thing to do. But once you get into a groove and once you find, I found that if I did it during, um, like I paired it with something else that I already had built a habit on, like drinking coffee in the morning, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing, or, um, or like over my lunch break, I knew that I'd have time I would be eating or just like, or, or even like, uh, one thing I really like doing is, um, doing it right after a workout. Cause I already had like, you know, the speakers going, I could already get a round in, um, and I could do like, um, you know, final resting pose or something like that and, and get around in. So I think that that was probably the hardest thing and just habit building in general is just so hard yep. <laughs> to do. Yep. I know. I remember everybody was like, when do we get the rounds? I'm so excited in the first month. And I was like, hold on, we're going to build some things first and then we'll get right. to month two. Um, because yeah, it is, it's kind of a big life change to then add in potentially an hour of brain rewiring. Um, right. So yeah. I think most people can do okay with 30 minutes, but like really, you know, the hour, especially initially is going to be what starts to get you those changes. And what you mentioned about just like sitting still and sitting in your thoughts. I think if you're listening and that, like, gives you some sort of feels around it. That's like, Ooh, gross. I don't want to do that. You probably need it. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Probably, probably need it the most. <laughs> exactly. I think for me, you know, with brain rewiring, a lot of things came into clarity through the rounds and being able to just sit and connect with yourself. Because I truly believe that each of us as humans, we have the answers inside of us, but we're too yes. busy. We're too you know, loud, we're too like avoidant of our thoughts to actually like let them come up to the surface. So doing the rounds, were you able to get a lot of clarity on things that you were wondering about, you know, your day, any downloads, things like that? Yeah, I think so. Let's see. I might have some old journal entries. Um, like, and what I would do is that I would find like whatever fear I was feeling and then kind of work back from there and kind of understand where that was coming from. And then from there, I would create like an affirmation to kind of like do that sort of like um, thought shifting or just kind of rewiring that negative thought pattern. And one is that there is one fear. Oh, I, I was afraid of failing at work. And I'll just read my journal entry. Love it. You guys. Okay. So I'm afraid of failing at work because because I do have a really, I have a really good job, um, considering where I've come from. So instead of asking for help and admitting I'm not doing well, I want to flee. 
because when I flee, I can start over. And um, some little background from my childhood, I moved around a lot and I was always the new kid, no matter where I went. So I'm really good at excelling in new beginnings because I've always had to excel in new beginnings. And then um, coming from my chaotic childhood. And then for me, it's like, well, my parents failed and I cannot become with them, but I am not my parents. So like I'm, I'm, I'm connecting the sphere of failure to the fact that, you know, I come, I come from parents who quote unquote, when you look at them, they kind of haven't always done the best. Um, and then I had to kind of rewrite this into an affirmation of I succeed when I fail because I'm growing. So, you know, just kind of taking that fear of failure and just flipping it on its head and that sort of thing. What else? I might have some other things in here. That was a gem. That was great. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's a little blah. Um, I also have like dreams and stuff, but, um, oh, so this one, a negative thought pattern, um, is I cannot get through hard things. Um, and then changing that, I think you helped me change this, uh, to, I seek out opportunities to challenge myself. So just like changing that sort of thing. Um, and just understanding that I am so afraid of pain and just like that, and just being in pain, whether it's doing a hard workout or climbing up a hill on a mountain bike and just trying to choose some sort of mantra or affirmation. And one that I wrote down is I'm, I am befriending pain. So I think that a lot of those, um, you know, rewiring rounds, I was just constantly trying to think of like, what is my current fear at this moment and trying to resituate and how I could think about that fear and turn it into something productive. Mm -hmm. oh, that's so powerful too, because, you know, on, on my side, I'm like, well, if you were truly, truly afraid of pain, you wouldn't do anything that you're doing. You know, you would sit in the house. And that would be <laughs> I it. guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> Yep. So like, great. Yeah, you absolutely can do hard things. And you like, you really did seek out those opportunities, like taking up mountain biking. That's like the perfect example of that. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, definitely. And I, I want to start to, um, you know, get the, I talked to my therapist about this. And I was like, I can't tell if like, I actually want to climb. Or if it's me thinking that I, I, I should be doing this. And she, and she kind of helped me. She's like, well, she kind of helps me realize that it is something that I still want to do, but, um, they're where she's going to work on, you know, doing some more exposure therapy. So whether it's like, okay, I'm just going to put the ropes aside and maybe go on some bigger, more exposed hikes mm -hmm. where, um, you know, you have, you're more on like the side of a mountain and you have that steep fall off because, to me, and I know you have like this fear of falling clinic and all that sort of thing. I just, um, it like goes beyond, I feel like a fear of falling. Like I get to the point where I literally see myself like hitting, like it's just so visually graphic. Mm -hmm. So I have to like confront those thoughts in the environment that I feel like I would, where those fears would pop up. So slowly like starting on like these hikes and then going up to a scramble and then, you know, doing something, um, really low angle, like that sort of thing. So like really starting from the very basics of, um, doing that sort of exposure therapy for right. when it comes to climbing and celebrating, 
those women. And celebrate too. Yeah. yeah. Those, I mean, I think you should celebrate the fact too, that like you're, you're choosing not to climb right now. You know, like you could totally yeah. just be like pushing yourself through it and potentially making your relationship with climbing worse. Yes. You're just like forcing it to happen. But I think taking that step back is going to give you a lot of perspective. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think it also, I need, um, I need to feel excited to do it again. Um, and it's not quite there yet. And like I said, I'm enjoying a lot of other things right now. So it'll, it'll be there. I'll, it'll I think be I'll, there. yeah, it'll be there. I also think that when I was learning to climb and when I was going through the process and going through the motions of like learning all the knots and all the things like that, I was just like, I was almost like disassociating because I was already thinking like 20 steps ahead of like dying, <laughs> you know? Um, so I need to um, basically take it back to a place where I don't do that. I don't go like that 20 steps ahead and I need to start from a place of a more clear head and understanding like, oh, I'm thinking ahead of all these steps because that's my OCD brain. Again, it's just like bringing more of that self-awareness to, to learning. Right. Yeah. How do we restart, you know, essentially entering the sport, but in a completely different place where like, it sounds like just needing like a blank slate, like getting yeah. That, yeah, that time off from it and then coming back completely different. Right. I need like, I need to be, I need to separate myself from who I was when I started climbing in the beginning to who I am now. Um, so I just need that like separation at this point from, and I don't know, maybe by next year I'll, I'll, I'll be back. I've gone to the climbing gym, maybe two or three times. Um, this, uh, last couple, like maybe three months, four months, maybe. Um, and I went, we took our neighbor, uh, tomorrow who has never been and it was just so fun. It, it actually, it was probably the most enjoyable time I've had climbing in the gym in a very long time because we were with someone who was completely new and it really helped me understand how much I actually knew. Like I didn't even realize because to me, climbing has always been like my husband's thing. Right. And I've just kind of been along for the ride. So it was actually really enjoyable to see someone experience it for the first time. And he threw himself out that wall like a thousand times. He's like, I think he, he did a lot of sports in like high school and college. And he was just like, I'm going to fucking get it. I'm going to get it. I'm just like, you are such an inspiration. Like, I'm like, uh, I quit. <laughs> yeah. You're like, no, I'm good. Um, I'm really, I'm really proud of you for taking the step back and, allowing yourself the space and permission. I mean, yep. Coming back to being a projector, like you just yeah. need rest from it. Like don't force it. Cause it's just going to get a hundred times worse. Definitely. And I think for anybody that's listening, is there anything else that you would like to share about synergy, the program, the connections you made, anything else that really stands out for you? Um, I think that just one thing, like if you're thinking about doing it, I think, I think, I think you should, I think, to me, the most important thing was like finding a safe place uh, with women who have the same goal in mind and also just like understanding it goes back to like um, you're putting yourself in a situation that's similar to what other people are experiencing and just having that connection in that way and just having those group talks to look forward to every week. Like I never felt worse after a group talk. I always felt like way better and way, you know, and it, 
it kept the momentum going, I think. So I don't know. I just love the community aspect of it. I thought it was really great. And now I get to follow everyone on Instagram and see everyone's lives. And it's super fun. Yay. Oh, I love that. Literally like just huge smile on my face. He's like, yes, that was the whole, like that was my whole goal. Like, yes, go from all of this is to create that safe space where you don't feel alone because, oh, wow, there's like 20 other people that are exactly like me in this program. And all of a sudden you can hear things that are, you know, maybe you've been thinking it, but you haven't been able to put the words to it or whatever it is. And you feel so much more connected. Yeah, I agree. And then like in a day and age of like, where everyone is perfect on Instagram, like you realize, oh, wait, it's all just a sham. Like we are all having our own struggles and we're all on our own journey and our own path. And we can kind of converge in a way to like help each other out. Um, that I really, I really enjoyed. It also helps me kind of shift my focus like, oh yeah, I'm not the only one having problems. Right. And you can, you can offer a lot of perspective as well, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, yeah, I love, I love helping other people out too. So it. Oh, this makes me so happy. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I think a lot of people are really going to resonate with it. And I so appreciate you being willing to be vulnerable on here. Oh yeah, of course. You make it easy, Chelsea. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's important to me to create safe spaces for people. And like I said, you know, before the interview started, I was like, we'll go as deep or shallow as you want. You choose. It's your. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, that's how I am with all of my programs as well. You know, as much or as little as people want to share and bring to the table, we'll work with it. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I loved hearing everyone's stories and it felt really good to share mine. Um, it, it did. It, I think that it really helps a lot of the ghosts that I might've had in the, like just haunting me, um, just even talking about it. They're not, they're not really there anymore. So mm-hmm. that's yep. been helpful. Once you share and bring it to life and, you know, you can give it a fresh narrative. You can shift a lot of things. I think that's, it's also really empowering. So Meredith, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate yeah. it. Um, of course. To hear what people think of this interview. <sighs> so excited. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Yay. Thank you so much to Meredith for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I hope it resonated with you. I know it definitely did with me. I am so, so honored to be able to bring these amazing women through Synergy and through Brain Rewiring and to be able to make such a big impact on their lives. I am seriously so glad that it gave her what she needed in the moment and she continues to connect the dots and see benefits from Brain Rewiring. Again, if you are interested in Synergy or learning more about Brain Rewiring, I'll include the link to both the information page and the application in the show notes. You can check out more about that. And if you have not yet left a rating and a review. I know I ask this every single time, but it's because I know there's hundreds, hundreds of you out there listening to the podcast that have not yet left a rating and a review. So if that's you listening, I would seriously so appreciate if you would go leave your rating and a review. It helps me out so much as a small business owner. It's one of those things that it takes you no time at all. It's totally free. It's a way to support me, show me that you're loving what you're hearing, that you love this content, you want more of it. Oh, it's, it's seriously, it's it's the best thing that you can do for me, and I so appreciate it. So if you haven't left that rating and a review, go ahead, go to iTunes, leave a rating and a review, and I will talk to you next episode. Mm-hmm.